BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, guys. My name is Sarah Nicole, and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays. Subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the Birds Papaya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture. I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Hello. Hey, it's a long time coming. Oh my God. Thank you for coming on. I'm part of the family. I don't know if you know. My parents are obsessed with you. I told them that I was doing this and they're like, oh my God. You're, you're like, I know I saw your episode. She's rad. <laughs> oh my God. They're so cool. So Charlotte Lawrence is on the show today. Thank you for coming on. You're so cool. That is a cool room though. Is that your studio? My boyfriend's like home studio awesome though but this wallpaper my mom found in one of her favorite restaurants in new york and we had it in our bathroom and he stole it from her so it's a little slice of home is that are those tiger zebras they're zebras they're zebras i love them it's it's my favorite wallpaper ever and i i bought loafers and had them customized to have the same print on them i don't know why i have an obsession with this wallpaper oh my god why do you have an obsession with them yeah, I just love it. It was because it reminded me of home. My, my mom had this wallpaper in her house since I was a baby. So I just, I love it. And your mom and your boyfriend are like so close. I saw she did one of her shrinking music episodes obsessed with them. <laughs> she's obsessed with them yeah <laughs> oh my god that's so cool she has loved not all of my boyfriends and loves andrew so much they're really close and it's sweet because they have their own relationship andrew and 
both my parents separately from me because he's just a cool guy and he's funny and he's smart and talented and they they mesh well together. They love each other. It's really great. Everyone loves them. <laughs> so you're also like a model. So you're a singer and oh my God, you're a talented musician. Your music, your music is so good and you're going to do a little acting, but you did like modeling too, right? Yeah. That was kind of my first thing I did. I love music forever since I've been a kid, but the first like job I worked at, I'd say is, is modeling. I did all the castings and went around. I lived in New York. I lived in Paris. I, I hustled and I loved it and it was very fun. Wow. And you're over it. You're saying it like it's the past. So you're like, I did it. I lived it. I'm 22 now. I'm done. It's not, I'm not over it. It's more so just music is my passion is my number one. And I love acting too. I love, I love all forms of entertainment, I guess. I, I love like being able to, I don't know, make art out of anything and music, modeling and acting. It's all forms of art, you know, and it was, it's very fun to be creative in that sense, but I still model. I, I'll model for YSL, obviously, whatever they want me to do. I'm there. Of course, you guys are the coolest brand ever, but I don't, I don't model as intensely as I did when I was younger. I'm not like going to open castings and, you know, waiting in line for five hours to, to get a meeting. I, I, I would, if it was something awesome, but I just, music is such a priority and now acting is so fun and interesting that I'm more so doing, you know, focusing on music a hundred percent of the time. And then when I can do a cool self tape for a cool thing, I will put my all into it. And when YSL asked me to do something cool modeling, I'll put my all into it, but I'm just not doing it as intensely as I was when I was younger. Cause I wasn't yet, I didn't, I wasn't yet releasing music. I was just modeling and going for it. And I loved it. I had a really great experience. So your first EP was 2018, right? Which yeah. you were like, what? 18? Yeah. <laughs> you baby, except you're not a bit. I'll tell you what, it's weird because I feel like you come across, you're probably told this a lot. Like you come across so mature and like wiser than your age. So you don't, but are you telling me I look old? <laughs> you look so old. <laughs> no you are gorgeous it's like probably correct me if i'm wrong it's probably from like growing up the way you did no like you grew up with two parents like i think i saw you say this in an interview like your dad who's bill lawrence and like created amazing shows is like funny and would say like really kind of grown-up funny shit at home when you were younger and stuff right yeah i mean I think growing up in LA in general, especially for a young woman, it's like, it's, you're bound to grow up fast, but I was blessed with parents that were cool and would have fun parties and fun dinners and have the best humors and would always kind of shape me into who I am today in regards to getting it. If that makes sense, you know, like they would always have really awesome, creative, funny people over from writers to musicians to all sorts of just awesome people. And I was like the only kid there. And the, you know, the whole thing was if I wasn't cool, if I couldn't hang, I'd have to go to bed early. So I would have to be, you know, an adult and, and be interesting and read the room and not be too forward, not be too kid-like so that I could stay up past my bedtime. And it was so much fun, but yeah, I think it definitely gave me a more maybe mature standpoint from a young age, but I still have my childlike qualities as, as everybody does, you know, I'm still very, a lot of ways, but yeah, it was awesome. The way I grew up was awesome. 
it really comes across in like everything that I kind of seem to talk about, like how much, which like my fucking kids better be the same way about me, but like how much you respect your parents and like appreciate them and talk about them as cool. Do you know like how that's probably like a parent's dream to be called cool by their kid? That's so cute. I mean, probably it was, it wasn't always like this though. I, I, you know, everybody goes through a phase and I went through my like rebellious, crazy phase, probably from 15 to 17, where I was like, Oh, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to lie and sneak out and I'm not going to talk to them and they're not cool. And they don't get it because they want me to come home at midnight and I'm going to not come home at midnight. and I'm going to do whatever I want. And then I grew up and I was like, oh, wait, no, my parents are really cool. And they were just being protective and good parents. And I was being crazy. And now we're best friends. And I love them. They are so cool, though. You know, I, I mean, know. just like cool people. If they weren't my parents, I'd want them to be my best friends, you know? Oh, my God. Stop <clears throat> being so fucking cute about them. Uh, my God, you're going to make me feel like an awful. No, but your dad is also like gushing about you. I mean, you see it in his Instagram posts for you. And I mean, He's always, he'll even like send me links sometimes about you. He's so cute. He's my dadager. He's, he's my Chris Jenner. <laughs> he is your Chris Jenner. Oh, do you know what's so funny? You would appreciate this. So you know how your parents had the Easter party recently? Where you went, I'm assuming. We had the best time. It's the one party that we're all forced to go to no matter what. And we'll be in huge trouble if we don't show up. And then, like, you know, Zach Braff was there and Scrubs people, whatever. And and I guess, you know, a lot of my followers kind of started following more along with your with your parents since the show. And I got so many messages being like, oh, my God, like, I think I want an invite to this more than the Kardashian Christmas party. I was like, whoa, this is a statement like this is this is big. The Easter party is so much fun. It's the one party my parents throw a year. We'll have like occasional bar nights or birthdays, like small groups of people. But this is the one like big fun party my parents have thrown for, I don't even know how long, probably 14 years since I've been a baby. And it's just so much fun. It's there's, there's people to watch the kids. There's like a petting zoo and, and it's all, you know, humane and great. And the animals are treated very nicely and and they're all loved and an art section and an easter egg hunt so all the kids go off and just play watch and then all the adults there's two bars and an omelet bar and so much food and all the adults just start drinking at 10 in the morning and we just have so much fun (laughs) it's just like a party (laughs) but it's easter your family it looked it looked like so much fun when i got those messages like people saying they they want to go to that more than kardashian christmas party it's like you know that looks like a good party. So much fun. <laughs> okay. So your mom is a music supervisor, which I just, you know, kind of realized what that is recently when she started posting about the the, the the shrinking music. Is that kind of part of what shaped your love for music and you getting music and cool music? Oh my gosh, 100%. I mean, I, so neither of my parents can sing and they can't play any instruments. So I grew up, you know, moderately different in the sense of I came out of the womb singing and wanting to sing and take piano lessons. Everyone was like, what is, who is this girl? But I, my mom has the best music taste ever and would only ever play me the coolest music. 
from when I was a kid. Like what, what we skipped the whole, you know, cartoon music, whatever it was, SpongeBob songs. And it went straight to like Joni Mitchell and the Beatles and Damien Rice and Bonnie Vera and all just like really awesome singer songwriter style music. And obviously my dad is a writer and is an incredible writer. So I know that I got my songwriting passion from him and I think I, I got my cool music taste from my mom. And it, my mom inspired me with the music that she played me and how passionate she was about the music, how much she loved the music and how much music shaped just our everyday life, like on a normal basis in the car ride on at home, a dinner playlist, breakfast playlist, the whole thing. It made me want to be a musician. It made me want to sing and learn how to play these songs and, and give people that same feeling that I got and that my mom got from listening to music. So I definitely, they're why I came, I, I got into music and they shaped my whole, you know, being, I guess, uh, as a musician, but they could not sing or do anything. So they were definitely like, who is this? And neither can my grandparents. Nobody was a singer or was a instrumentalist. No one. So everyone was like, who, what is going on? I know she I wonder how, like, do you remember discovering your voice and being like, oh, like I'm thinking of like the scene from the. <laughs> mermaid like when she like opens her mouth like how do you realize that you can sing do you remember <laughs> well well okay this will sound a little pretentious but it's the truth i for some reason since i've been a kid when i listen to a song i only hear or not only but i first and foremost always hear it's just a natural weird thing in my brain the highest part of the song so in any song that would be playing to me, that my mom would be playing to me, I would only, I would first hear the harmony. So my automatic instinct when I was like five, six years old was, was to sing the harmony and harmonize along with the song. And I don't know what it is in my brain that I just would hear like the highest, even if it was so quiet in the mix, I would still just hear the highest vocal, the highest like part of it, the highest register. And I'd sing along. And my mom when we were in car rides and I was like in my little car seat, it was like, is, is my fucking six-year-old like harmonizing right now to a song? Like how, how does she know even how to do that or like what that is? And I think kind of realized that I could sing and I wanted to do it, but I still have that. If I listen to a song, I'll sing the highest part, like accidentally. It's very strange, but it's, it's awesome. And I love it, but it's, it's like a weird, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's like a, it's like a superpower. <laughs> it's a superpower. <laughs> Sometimes people will tell you to do something and you don't do it and then you do it after a while and you're like, I don't care why I didn't do it from the beginning. That was really silly of me. Like straight up things like getting Ibotta, getting the app Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, which will earn you $120 at minimum per year in real cash back. So download Ibotta because why wouldn't you earn money by spending money and not some like rewards things or points or whatever no, no, no. Earn cash back on every single shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can link uh, your loyalty account or upload your receipt to Ibotta after you shop and get cash back. It's that easy. Let's say a typical basket of groceries is like $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than at the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. So Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much with Ibotta. You can get real cash back. You can cash out to your bank account, PayPal and 
or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, is offering my listeners $5 off just by trying Ibotta by using the code NOTSKINNY when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code NOTSKINNY. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code NOTSKINNY. So not only athletes need electrolyte replenishment, I know that I freaking need it and I am not an athlete. I drink liquid IV all the time. If you guys don't know about liquid IV, it's a literally the most famous hydration brand. And do you ever feel like water isn't enough? Like people think water can do it all. No, water can't. Sometimes you just need more. You need to get the vitamins. You need to get more hydration. So that's why I literally in my Stanley Cup right now have liquid IV. It just makes me feel like a lot of times it helps me like prevent headaches if I was drinking the night before or sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, I you know, feel dehydrated. And by drinking liquid IV, which has in it like essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes in sports drinks made with premium ingredients. I just know I'm going to get more than just water. So I'm like, "Mm, put it in. Plus it tastes good. They have a really good new flavor, strawberry lemonade flavor. So you guys, liquid IV, highly, highly recommend to just like keep it in your purse. Like if you're ever like, water is just not enough. I need more hydration. So grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code NOTSKINNY at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code NOTSKINNY at liquidiv.com. So how did you know like that you wanted to not only sing, but also write music? I mean, as we know, like not all singers that we love write their own songs. Is that something that's like important to you? It's the most important thing to me, honestly. I think that, well, how I started was I, I got my mom to give me or not give me herself, but get me piano lessons when I was like five six years old and took them till I was probably 13, 14. And Jamie, my piano instructor or piano teacher was so wonderful and so cool and hip. She would do like 40 minutes of a classical song and I'd have to, you know, do the Beethoven and and learn how to play classically and, and do the whole music theory. And then the last 20 minutes would be, I get to choose whatever song I want that I loved that day. And she would teach me how to play it and how to sing it. And And it would be like, okay, first 40 minutes is, you know, the boring stuff. And then the last 20 minutes, you get to do whatever you want and you get to pick a song of your choosing. And it made me want to write my own music immediately. And I, I started singing obviously, and I started with piano. And then I, I think I wrote my first song when I was like 13 or something. But as I grew older, I don't know why it was just like embedded in my brain that to be a musician, I needed to write as well. It was probably because all my favorite musicians growing up were songwriters first and foremost. And I just think it's, I think that my favorite music, I mean, I, dude, I respect artists who are just fantastic performers and fantastic singers and dancers, but don't write their own music. Like that's awesome. And I I have nothing against it. I think it's rad. I think it's a whole, you know, different style of entertainment and it's awesome. But for me personally, I always felt like I had something to say and I wanted to say it, I guess. I, I think that there's a million beautiful voices and there are especially now with tiktok we get to see all of them all the time there's a million beautiful voices but i think that what makes you different from the next is is 
what you're talking about. And if you are bringing something new to the table, I guess not even new, just like personal. And I being honest in my songwriting is my favorite thing. And is something that I'm really confident about my songwriting and, and being able to be authentic and vulnerable and like dive in and share with, you know, my audience who I am and what I believe and what I feel and what I go through and realize that it's, you know, there's a lot of mirrors and there's a lot of people that relate to it. So I just, I love songwriting. It's my favorite part of music is getting to write the actual song. I love singing, but songwriting is like, it's my. so cool. How does it start? Is it like you doodling it and then you sit with like a group of people and then you kind of talk about, well, now I'm just thinking, did you watch Daisy Jones? Yeah. What do you think? It was realistic. I loved the show. I love Cammie. She's so incredible. And I thought it was so awesome for her to do this role. And she just killed it. And she's such a phenomenal actress and like deserves to be the biggest actress in the world. So I want her to get there. Oh, that's so sweet. I was like, how are you so beautiful and also so talented? You're a loud one. Yeah. Same with Riley Keough, though, and Suki. They're all, all the girls. I mean, all the guys were amazing too, but all the girls stood out for me. Riley Keough is going to be the, have the most massive career after this. Like she just was. She is a star. And I like that they cast Suki as like, they just cast everybody perfectly. Suki was like, the perfect that's who she is on her i was gonna say suki was suki (laughs) it worked and it was amazing all the girls were incredible i love the show but the writing was was realistic especially the the i mean i can't speak for everybody it's everyone writes differently but especially that first the, the time of them first writing the song i thought was a good accurate depiction of like what it's like to write a song with somebody new for the first time what you mean when they were getting like all fucked up and <laughs> they were getting all fucked up and they couldn't think of anything and she was going swimming in the pool and they were fighting and yelling and then they'd come together and figure out something i mean it was obviously dramatized because they had this whole like weird tension and connection to each other but when I write a song with a new person it either you walk in and it's like okay I have an idea already or I was playing this thing last night let's dive in and then you write a song in like 30 minutes or you go in you talk for five hours you get food you take a break you play along you this and that and it takes the whole day and then you come up with an amazing song at the end there's a different process for everything but I always try to Whenever I feel creative in any regard, whether it's at 11 a.m. or 2 in the morning and I want to play guitar, I have a guitar chord in my head or I have a little line that I love, like I will always utilize it, I guess. I'll always exercise it. I'll always write down everything in my phone and my notes if I write what I think of it or if it's 2 in the morning and I'm tired but I have this thing in my head, I'll play it, I'll record it. I always try to jot down all my ideas because I want to either finish them on my own or make them into something, bring them to somebody in a session. I just, I don't know. My brain kind of works in like, oh, oh, I, I, that song is so cool. I like that bass note. But what if I, what if I took that like bass line and made it into my own melody and made it completely separate and it was inspired by blah, blah, blah. I don't know. So do you always write a song with the actual music in mind? Or could it sometimes be just like you're writing the words and the story, but there's no idea of like what it would sound like? Well, definitely you never know what it's going to sound like because of, production you know it takes it 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 can take a complete turn you can turn a slow song into an upbeat one or an upbeat one back to a slow one whatever it may be but I definitely when I write I have melodies in mind I I normally start with either like melodies first of just like playing guitar and I'll just be like do 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 
and like speak gibberish and then put words to that of what I feel and what I what's on my mind type of thing. Or I'll start with words, then sing the melody and then like make them kind of fit. But I, I normally will hear just like the notes and the melodies and like the base of the song type of thing, not not the whole structure. It takes me a second. Once I put it down and sing it and it's fully written and we, you have like, okay, vocals, lyrics, one instrument, guitar, chords, whatever it may be, then I can kind of start hearing, oh, this could be a really fun, like sad disco song, or this should be a synthy, like depressing, whatever song. Like I can kind of put it into words of what I want, but I also put a lot of trust and faith in the people that I work with. I only work with the most talented, like coolest, kindest, incredible people. So I, I trust their opinions always and and I'm open to everything. I love collaboration. And if they're like, oh, this song that you thought was a ballad should actually be like your most up-tempo pop song. I'm like, great, go for it. (laughs) So tell me how Body Bag became what it is. It's such a good song. I don't want to try and sing it right now, but it's it's playing in my head in a really good voice. I'm just saying it's playing in your voice in my head, but it's so good. (laughs) So tell me about the process for that. It just recently came out, what, like a week or two ago? Yeah, like two weeks ago I don't even know what month it is honestly but was it how stressful was that when it like dropped it was stressful because I just loved the song so much but I, I it was stressful leading up to it and then I just felt bliss after the fact but writing that song was so awesome and so weird because I this was my first session with these musicians and these producers and it was so just like random and we didn't know each other. We never worked together before. And I remember texting my managers beforehand being like, I'm not feeling it today. Like I'm having a sad day and I just want to get back in bed. Like we cancel. And they were like, Charlotte, like that's so unprofessional. You cannot cancel an hour before. And I was like, I know I just wanted to say it out loud and see if maybe they wanted to cancel too. Like, you know, just like to try to (laughs) try to find your little way. But they were like, dude, use it. Like just go and write and it'll be over within a day. Like why not why you want to go back and get into bed and just be like depressy like no and just go do your shit and I walked in and immediately these guys were so kind and so wonderful and so welcoming and I saw like a wild cat outside and it was a cat but it was like a big cat and I was like oh my god I want to play with the cat they're like we don't that's not our cat be careful with the cat and I walked up to it and I was like kitty like let's be friends and it scratched me and scratched my legs and I got was bleeding everywhere scratching and I was like okay I'm gonna go inside and we're gonna write very quickly so I can leave and then we got inside and I ended up talking to them for like two hours and it was a full therapy session I immediately felt just so trustworthy towards these guys and they just made me feel so comfortable and in sharing my own story and not they just like let me be free and let me dump on them honestly and use them as my therapists and as we were talking and I was kind of like getting this out and telling them what has been going on then in the past few weeks the Aiden who's so talented just started playing these like very simple piano chords and I would be telling the story and I'd be like oh we should that minor note is really nice. Or like he'd be playing and I'd be like, oh, go to the A there. Go to that. And then I'd be like, and then he did this and then she did that. And and it was kind of just came together so naturally that by the time I was done with the story, we already had like most of the song. And then we just sat down and literally knocked it out. I think in like 30 something minutes, like so quick, so easy. It just came so naturally. It We all were on the same page because they knew exactly what I was feeling and the place that I was in and what I wanted to write about. And they were inspired by it as well. And we just like 
immediately all latched on and wrote my favorite song ever in like in a short amount of time. But that was also so nice because we spent the first few hours just connecting with each other and understanding each other and getting to know each other and then wrote this song. And I remember leaving and just being like, I don't even, I don't even remember what we made because a lot of times when you do a session with somebody, you don't get a bounce per se, because you know, you'll record it and then they work on it a little bit and make it listenable and then they send it to you and you get to hear it a few days later sometimes it's day of but I like it better if the producer can dive in just a smidgen so that I don't hear it and be like "Ah, I need my voice to sound better and I need to go redo everything you know I like it to be a little cleaned up before I first hear it and I didn't remember what we wrote per se I think because we were so in it and it was so quick I was just like I left and I was like what just happened like that was I there's they're gonna be my friends forever but I have no idea what we just made and like a week later, I got sent the song and I was like, oh my God, this is my favorite song ever. I'm so proud of it. And I sent it to all my friends and all my, you know, best friends that are like my music confidants and my parents and everybody loved it. And I was like, okay, I didn't need the validation because I already love it myself and feel, you know, self-validated just by like being proud of it. But it was also very nice to hear that all my favorite people and and my loved ones whom I trust music tastes very well that did not make any sense that was the worst grammar ever but you know what I'm saying you can (laughs) pick up what I'm putting down um loved it as well and it just felt really great honestly I was just like okay so I am right it's a great it's a great song what an amazing idea this is I love renting court c-o-r-t is a furniture renting company so you can literally get just get the furniture and services you need to help make your life transition as seamless as possible so literally podcasts and furniture rental turns out you could have both on demand how you listen to the show could also be how you furnish where you live think about it you press play wherever and whenever you want with court furniture rental, you rent furniture when you need it and return it when you don't. So you go to court.com access their online showroom. And within as few as 48 hours, you can have a fully furnished apartment. Can you believe that? Let's say you have to move next week. You're like, Oh my God, I don't have furniture. Use court, use court because you can get your whole apartment furnished so quickly. And you don't need to own it. So court lets you stay flexible and open to your next opportunity. Plus by renting, you're supporting a more sustainable way of living, keeping furniture out of landfills and reducing your carbon footprint. So let me tell you this. I change my furniture so often that it's ridiculous. And that's why I don't buy really expensive furniture. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that's unsustainable of me. I'm an unsustainable bee. That's why I'm so happy about court. You get to rent it and that's like your styles change. You don't want to have the same freaking coffee table for the rest of your life the way our parents did where my mom is like, this has been in our house since, you know, 1983. It's like, no, styles change, trends change. So court is your go-to. To learn more, visit court.com slash podcast. That's court, C-O-R-T dot com slash podcast to learn more and find the furniture package that fits your needs. Wait, so with body bag, it sounds like some some heartbreak shit, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're right. I was in the depth of the heartbreak. How long ago was this? I wrote it in like 2021, I think. I was at the very beginning of it. I was going through a lot of heartbreak, like like right before COVID, like 2019 into the end of 2021 and I was finally able to write about it and body bag was the first song I wrote about it. And then I wrote like 
10 other songs about the same story, but that's what songwriters do is you recycle things. If they still feel prominent and painful on your mind, you, you can write about the same shit or the same person a million times and, and make different things. But I don't know. I, I, it was very, it was such a fulfilling feeling to be able to write about that heartbreak for the first time. Cause I was so in it for so long and especially COVID. I mean, as everybody knows, when you feel something shit and then you have to just sit in it and be alone and sit in the pain and not be able to do anything. It's just like, it just magnifies it to such an extreme. And I feel like I was in just a, not a great place for a long time. And when I finally like got out and started being able to, you know, turn that pain into art and make it into something I feel proud of, it was just such a fulfilling and in healing feeling. It made me, and made me work through my shit on a on a different level than I was working through it with my therapist. Because obviously therapy is so important. Everybody should go to therapy. But there's something about putting my feelings into my songwriting and then getting to listen to it back and be like, oh, I went through that. That sucked. But like, oh, my God, I got something great out of it. There's not just all negatives. Like, I got something beautiful out of this thing that really hurt me. And that's so cool. And it, it made me feel just awesome. So... Yeah, And also probably singing it, I would imagine, feels cathartic. Like, then you could really get your emotions into it. It does. I mean, definitely when I was first singing it, like I would, I played it at a um, governor's ball for the first time, I think. And probably at the end of 2021, I don't remember when that was. It was like the first one after COVID. And it was, it was, it was hard to sing it for the first time time it was still really painful it was still really fresh but the more I sang it and the more I got comfortable with the song and listened to it and mixed it and had to listen to it a million times I felt less I guess pain from it on a connection level I didn't I didn't every time I hear it I didn't like want to crumble up I just felt more pride you know as time went on I just felt more like excited about it than than hurt by it and now when I play it I still get that immediate emotional connection and it, it like it draws me in but I'm smiling you know it's making me go oh my god look what you made out of something that hurt you and like yeah it's a reminder but it's it's a good reminder of everything everything's on a pendulum everything has its ups and downs everything bad that happens there will be something good that happens after even though I know it's a cliche and I know it's also like there's some things that happen that are just so horrible to the most undeserving people and they don't you know deserve to feel that pain and it feels like that it's something that you know has no positives or no blessings or no gold on the other side or whatever but there always is you know there's always life that's what life is it's filled with like jabbing you in the fucking gut and then giving you flowers you know and it's I I don't know I just I believe very strongly in karma and in also like everything that happens it's bad you can find the good in it and it can it can get better and it always will get better so it's just like that's my reminder it's very positive I have a very positive connection towards the song versus good. you're not thinking of actually like being in a body bag no I mean <laughs> Catch me performing it with a glass of wine and I'm crying. <laughs> so does I always wonder when people write songs about people. I mean, it's also like Taylor Swift, right? Does <laughs> the the person a hundred percent know it's about them? Yeah. Okay. Does the person reach out and say, like, are you like, did you have to do that? No. Okay. One, I mean, it's about two people, you know. I mean, I think every relationship song, there's always two sides probably more to a story 
Um, and they both know it's about them. But yeah, my opinion is, dude, if you're going to do something, then to a songwriter, I mean, I think Taylor Swift's like, expect to be written about. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just going to not write about it. <laughs> yeah. So in this in the song, there's so many like cutting lines. One of them is my father said you're a piece of shit. My friend Leah thought you're a narcissist. <laughs> Something like that. Right. Is Leah really your friend? Like you have a friend, Leah? Leah is one of my best friends. She was my mom's assistant when I was like 10, maybe, I don't know when she started, 11, 12, something. And uh, this is such a random side note, but I I, love side notes. I was like, I was a little fuck when I was a kid. And I went to, I went to first the school called Harvard Westlake and then I transferred to Marymount. And when I went to Marymount, I was an all girls school. I would wear like sweat. I, it was like a nice proper Catholic school that you had to wear a proper uniform. And I would wear my uniform, but I'd wear sweatpants underneath it and like a gross ripped up sweater over it. And I would not brush my hair to, to save my life. And a part of like what I, so I was so young, but I would make Leah do is I'd come home and she'd see that if you go went like this, my entire head would come with me. It was like, I would not brush my hair. I just refused. I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to brush my hair. And Leah would sit like the angel she was for like three hours and brush through my hair. So I didn't have to like shave it all off. Cause my mom would be like, we're shaving your head. You can't, you have to start brushing your hair. We're not doing this anymore. And Leah was like, no, let me, let me brush it through. I got it. And through that, we just bonded. And she had, she's my, I don't even know what she, it's like best friend doesn't cut it. She's my sister, my does she my, still work for the family or no? She She's so awesome. She left to become a teacher and she worked with special needs kids and became a shadow and then went to, that's a, not a shadow, you know, a shadow is like a term of like, she would specialize with like specific kids and go to school mm-hmm. with nanny teacher extraordinaire and now works at an awesome, incredible mental health startup and has a huge job there and is, it's really important and they're they're helping the world in so many ways she's just like so cool she's so kind she's so good for the planet and just like the best human everybody that I, that i've ever introduced her to falls in love with her immediately she's so special and so incredible but she knew it she knew he was a narcissist <laughs> she's also like when i say if you're texting me and we're in a little tiff or we're having a little problem you're not just texting me the reason why my responses are so well-crafted and intricately just smart and beautiful. It's because Leah is right next to me. She knows my boyfriends and ex-boyfriends and, and friends and ex-friends better than I know them. You know, she's just like, she's my, she's my, she's my right arm. I don't know how to like describe her. She's my everything. I love her so much. And everybody loves her. She's in the, she's in our family forever. Was she, was she super like honored to be in the song? Yeah. It's her favorite thing ever. She loves it. When I first played it first, she was like, oh my God, you say my name. It's like when Miley was like my best friend. What, what, what was that Miley song where she, remember when Miley Cyrus had that friend she did the YouTube show with? No. What? I have no, I was not kept up. Oh my God. You were not right. Cause also like you were probably. And also you don't listen to like top hits cause you're too cool. <laughs> I listened to, I listened to top hits when I was younger for sure. I was like, I was obsessed with Disney for a hundred percent. I loved Disney. I loved all those shows. I loved Wizards of Waverly Place. I loved Hannah Montana. I loved 
all those fucking shows. And I loved Nick. I loved Victorious. Like I was, I was, I got in the Disney phase, but I just never got into YouTube. I was never like a YouTube girly. I would watch music videos, but that's it. I, I only started like the past two years watching like makeup tutorials and ASMR YouTube things. Like it's a very oh. world for me, but I love it. I think I've talked about this before that like doing something with your partner, with your friends is more fun than just going out to eat. You know, you always go out to eat. No, no, no. Let's have some fun. So this is my idea for you the next time you want to do something. Top golf. Okay. Super cool. You got clubs, you got balls, you got tees, you got turf, you got ball picker upper cart thing. A lot of stuff that isn't golf, like music, targets, giant TVs, handcrafted food and beverage menu. And guess what? They have a whole day each week dedicated to play more and pay less. So they do this thing on Tuesdays where it's all gameplay, where all gameplay is half price, giving players more reason to come play around. So you guys, Top Golf is so much fun. If you're looking for an activity with friends, coworkers, partner, whatever, Top Golf is such a cool spot to go to. And you don't have to even be good at golf. Like I am not good at golf and I get so into it by the end. I'm like, give me more. So it literally everyone can play just like I did. And what's most amazing is half race Tuesday. Super cool because you get more. Okay. You could play twice as much on half race Tuesday. Full details can be found at topgolf.com slash Tuesday. We're all about play, but even we have some roles. Half Price Tuesday applies to gameplay only, isn't offered at every venue, and can't be doubled up with other offers or discounts. It's already half price. After all, full details can be found at topgolf.com slash Tuesday. Oh my God. I love when this happens. I was asking you guys like what show I should watch. And you guys, so many of you said single drunk female. So if you haven't heard about single drunk female, season two just came out. It's about Samantha Fink. She started from the bottom. Now she's here or she's somewhere in the middle. It's from the executive producer of Girls. So you know, it's good because Girls is so freaking good. There's a new season of Single Drunk Female. It's on Freeform and Hulu. So Sam is like 500 days sober and counting. Things are looking up. This is the first birthday that she's looked forward to in forever. Even if she's spending her party hiding from everyone in a closet, she's living with her overbearing mom still. She's trying to hold on to her not-so-dream job, writing the most important listicles on the internet. By the way, that used to be my dream job. And knocking on her ex's door at 2 o'clock in the morning. Never good luck. So Single Drunk Female is being called a next-level flea bag. It's being called Refreshingly In Your Face by Refinery29. And Sophia Black Delia is just literally a total on-screen babe. And you will absolutely fall in love with her. And it's about your 20s and how they can be wild and complicated. But being sober in your 20s is even more so. So Freeform Single Drunk Female Season 2 is out now. All episodes are out now on Hulu. 500 Days Sober and Counting, Things Are Looking Up, Single Drunk Female, all episodes are out now on Hulu. There was another really great story that I heard you tell about, like, Ed Sheeran getting <laughs> you your first guitar. He's awesome. Would that be a dream with for you? First of all, like, tell us the story, but also tell me if it would be, like, a dream to... Well, you could, like, get... He bought you a guitar. We could get his number. You know, we could text him. We could we could get Leah to craft like a <laughs> like a let's do a song together. 
He's, I mean, fun fact about him is he doesn't have a cell phone. He uses email and he changes his email frequently, but he's, he's just so cool. He's so awesome. I met him when I was a kid. I mean, I grew up in such an insane way. I had such a crazy childhood. No, it's, I know how, how lucky I am truly and how fucking insane my childhood was. Honestly, it was so, I was so just blessed and to be surrounded by such incredible people and such creative people. It was just like, it was a dream, honestly. And when I was a kid, my, my mom and dad were working on the show called Cougar Town and they, every Sunday would get together with the cast and it started as these like, just, you know, dinners and fun nights. And it was like, they'd kind of celebrate their week. And it soon became from just the, the interior crew of, you know, the writers and the friends and the cast and whatever started like all other people's friends were coming and cool, creative people and artists and musicians. And it turned into what my mom and Courtney called Hootenannies. And it would be like at Courtney's house in, in Malibu on Sunday nights, she had this beautiful piano and a drum set and guitars and like all just these instruments in this beautiful room. And everybody would go over to her house. I was the youngest one there with her daughter. We were like this. I love Coco with Coco. my own. We would, and we would kind of hide in the corner because we were the only kids. Obviously, we couldn't drink. We couldn't like join along in the adult festivities, but we could just watch with like our jaws dropped and our eyes wide as our favorite musicians and the coolest people would just sing and play. And it was just so special and so magical. And I don't even know how it started. And I mean, I know how it started, but I don't even know how it like became into this incredible thing. But every Sunday for so long, for so many years, it would just be like the coolest, kindest, artistic, creative, funny people and musicians that would just go and play and, and sing and play whatever they wanted. And everybody would join along and everyone would you know, there'd be like this super group of musicians in front of us. And we were like, Coco was probably nine. I think I don't, I don't know. I don't remember our age difference. And I was like 12 and we were just like, what is going on? This is crazy. And then one day my mom and Courtney were like, you have to go play on the piano. You have to play one song. And I was like 13 and Ed was there. And I was like, if you think I'm playing a fucking song on the piano, you're absolutely batshit crazy because I'm not playing a song on the piano. I'm not doing it. I've never performed for anybody. And they're like, if you don't do it, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Play a song on the piano. Just do it. Who cares? Just do it. Everybody's having fun. Everyone's drinking. Doesn't matter. Just do it. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. And Courtney and my mom literally picked me up by my arms and sat me on the piano. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to play an Ed Sheeran song. And I, oh, you played an Ed Sheeran song for Ed Sheeran? No. Wait, which song was it? I played the A-team on the piano. That song. Also, like one of the first times I'm meeting him as well. And I played it and I was shaken and I was, fuck, I was so scared. But the second, as I started singing and the second I finished the song, I was just met with this like overwhelming sense of joy and gratitude and just excitement. And it, was, it felt like the first drug I ever took type of thing. Like it was, it was just this feeling of, Oh my God, I want to perform. I want to perform more. I want to perform forever. Wait, so you knew how to play it. Did you practice it with your piano teacher? I'm like in it. I'm like in the 20 free minutes. Did you do a team with your piano teacher? Yeah. I, my piano teacher would always make me laugh because I would always choose like the most depressing songs ever to learn. That was always my MO. But Ed heard it. And after he was so kind and so complimentary and so wonderful. And he was like, you should pursue this. You should do this. You're very talented. And I was like, what? I am. That's so cool. And I went home with the biggest smile on my face. And then the next day he 
sent me a guitar and it, it's, it was this mini Martin that's still my prized possession. It's upstairs. I play it every single time I pick up a guitar. It's the first guitar I pick up and it's faded. So I should get it laminated. But on the back, it says, dear Charlotte in, in big writing and Sharpie, please play me love Ed. And I was like, and it's dated like 2013 or something. And I, it was just so awesome. And that's what made me become a musician. That's what made me go, oh my God, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. I, I want to do this forever and always. And now I, I've been gifted this guitar by, by a musician that has been one of my idols since I've been a kid. Like I'm going to, I'm going to really take this seriously. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to learn how to write. I want to, I want to learn. I want to get better. I want to learn how to sing better. I want to learn how to play guitar and really go for it. And it's what made, it's what inspired me to actually pursue this because before I was just like, Oh, this is a hobby that I love that I'm passionate about that makes me feel so good and so warm but this moment that night was the turning moment of like oh my god no I'm gonna I want to do this for the rest of my life I want to perform like that for the rest of my life I want to make my own music that makes people feel the way that these songs made me feel so I'm just gonna go for it but he's just he's just the kindest person I couldn't say any nicer things about him he's what changed my life you know and my mom obviously and Courtney and my parents and obviously my parents were just even having me to allow me to be in that room like that was so awesome and it was, I was so lucky I feel like you are so appreciative of being in those rooms and I've heard you talk about it and I loved your answer. And I, and I said this to so many people, like when that, you know, Nepo baby conversation was going on and a lot of people got defensive. And I remember you, I think did Haley Bieber's bathroom show and talked about it or something. And I was like, here it is like, whoop, there it is. Here's the response that all of you people you know, being like, oh, la, 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 and like being like, Ugh. like you, like you said it. And I think I, you know, I, I think I even posted it to your dad's approval. I know. I was like, is it OK? Because I think he told me he's like, Charlotte had the best response. I know. No, he's upset. Like the best dad, like the best. Oh, homies with my parents before we ever became friends. I'm like, that's so great. <laughs> but, you know, why? Like, this is how funny he is. So the reason I ever started like speaking with him, which is random, right? Fucking random is I was going through like celebs. You weren't like sure dated or I don't remember what I was doing. And I was like, did you guys know that when Scrubs was on like Bill Lawrence, the, you know, fucking creator married to. So I posted that and I, I guess I Googled the image, like whatever photo came up and oh my God, so I posted the photo, like who was even looking at him? Right. And he DMs me like, could you not find a fatter picture of me? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh my God. Oh my. And it just cracked me up. And then I knew he was like a vibe. Cause like, it, what uh, a I know what picture you're talking about because there's one picture that comes up right when you search my dad. We ha have it on coffee mug at the house because it makes me laugh so hard. But he's like laughing mid laugh and just has a full double chin. And it's just like, it's just the most unflattering picture of him. He's just mm -hmm. much that but it's used everywhere always on every like variety release headline whatever on our it's so funny and we torture him for it because it's like he's a very handsome person he was just like in a weird laugh that was like gave him a big double chin and just like weird face and we were like that's weird face dad but we're gonna use it against you forever <laughs> that is so funny you put it on a mug so that's how I was like oh my god that's so cool of you to point out but your mom looked good so it's like who cares so again, I just want to say like what you answered, you know, Haley Bieber in that conversation was so cool and so respectable. And like, you're so talented. But the fact that you're like, you could just 
plain like say that sentence, which is like, yeah, I know that I've lived a privileged childhood or whatever. What did you say? Tell the people. Well, I mean, I think it's just about being honest. I'm not going to deny, you know, where I came from. I'm not going to deny that I I've had all these insane blessings and opportunities and privilege that no one else has. Like I, I grew up in such a way that that provided me with comfort and safety and love, obviously, but also just like every option that I could have ever wanted, I, I would have been able to, you know, pursue. If I wanted to be an actress, I, I, when I was a kid, my parents would have supported me and would have helped me and would have opened the doors for me. If I wanted to be a musician, like I did, they, they put me on and, and helped me immensely. And, and were my mom and dadagers and put me in rooms with incredible musicians that I would have, nobody ever gets to be in those rooms. And I was in those rooms and it was just so cool. And I know, I just like, I know how lucky I am and I'm not going to deny that I'm not lucky. And I'm also not going to deny that I would have been able to be here right now pursuing this career happily and comfortably without my parents. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's what the truth is, is I would not be able to do what I do without them. The other side of it is that, you know, with connections and opportunities and people like my parents that can really, you know, get you that meeting, get you that introduction, put your foot through the door, help you, you know, with, with money or emotional, whatever you might need these, this privilege that I grew up with, they can, they can open the door for you. They can get, you know, you the meeting and get you in front of the people, but to actually do it, you got to, you know, put your foot through on your own. So just cause I was blessed with what I was blessed with and with my childhood doesn't mean that I'm not going to work my ass off. You know, I think yeah. I have both worlds. And I just, I also think it's like, I was I was also born with these passions. It wasn't like my parents like forced it upon me when I was a kid or or it was my my destiny was written out for me that I was going to do this. Like I was born with my own passions and talents and dreams. She was born harmonizing with this with a superpower. Okay? With this with the superpower harmonization thing. I was born with these like dreams and I wanted to pursue them and my parents were kind enough and I was lucky enough that I was able to, but if I didn't, if I didn't grow up the way that I did, I'd still try and pursue this. You know, I'm just lucky that I, that I have these advantages, you know, obviously Kaya Gerber is your really good friend, right? She looks exactly like her fucking mom. Like she's gorgeous and model looking. Wasn't Cindy's daughter. I, I believe truly to my core that she would have been just as big, if not bigger, because she is uh, in person. You're like, why do you look like that? It's offensive and annoying and rude. It's, she's so beautiful. So you have a lot of celebrity friends. Are Did they go to like the Marymount school that you went to? Or did you meet them like later in the industry? No, I mean, I met Kyle when we were like 10 years old because our, our parents were friends. And she mm-hmm. hung my parents like you did before her and I ever met when she was like 10. And we were kind of like on it. We had a setup by our parents like play date and we immediately became best friends and I just I love her so much but she went to school in Malibu I kind of I grew up like half Malibu half in the city almost all of my best friends from when I was a kid were in the same friend group like me Gracie Blake Kaya all my my friend Nadia my friend Charlotte like all of my friends were all like in the same group but we've known each other for so long and we that's so fun and do the same not the same thing but very similar things and and it's so weird it's so rare it's it so is cool i mean there's nothing like the friends that like you got your period with like 
you know, were there when your, you know, parents were like grounding you. It's like a different kind of friendship. I totally agree with you. Okay. Oh my God. We we're past time. But I did want to ask you, first of all, you're fucking hustling. You're playing all these shows. When are you coming to New York? Are you going to do a tour? <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to. I really want to open up for somebody, honestly, because I, I what I want to do is I want to open up for someone awesome and then simultaneously do my own headlining tour, you know, and and get a double whammy of 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 meeting new people every night and getting to perform my music for new people that have no idea who I am. And then also people that have loved me for a while. I think that'd be a very special so thing. It would be a dream to open up for. Oh Let's my put God. it out there. Any let's, I mean, okay, ready? I'll list them. Yeah. BB boy genius. That's like, that's a fucking dream and a half. I think, I think all of them are. Did so- she work on your, on one of your songs? No, I mean, I probably have, I've worked with people that she's worked with and that biggest fans and I love her so much and I think she's so just talented and special and her own type of musician and has has made her own just I don't even know how to describe her she's just like an alien that has come down and blessed us with her songwriting and she's just so special she doesn't like follow any sort of standard she just makes her own music and she's set such a standpoint she's like Lana in that sense of like there wouldn't be so many musicians that you and I and so many people love without Phoebe, without Lana, without Billy, without all these incredible, like just female songwriters that pave their own path. I love so many musicians and I love kind people and everyone that I listed is a kind person. And I would just, I'd kill to open up for somebody that was as talented as they are, but also as kind and special as all of them are. So any of them. I love that. We're putting it out there. And for now, because you do shows at that, what's it called? Hotel Cafe? Yeah, I've been doing like a little acoustic shows here and there in LA, just kind of for fun and and to to be able to play my music on a really intimate level. Can and people like buy tickets, like find out when it is, buy tickets? How does yeah. it work? They're such small rooms. So I, I, I'll, it's so awesome. And it's, it's such a gratifying feeling that like I'll post the hotel cafe thing and I'll get sold out right away. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's so cool. But it's like 150 people, you know, but it's, that's a lot of people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like imagine 150 people in this room right here. There'd be a lot of people in this room, but it's awesome. It's so fun. And it's so, it's just so intimate. It's so like, you know, there's no auto tune. There's no tracks. There's no, not even a reverb on the mic. It's all just raw. And if you mess up, it's, it's right there and it's right in front of you. So my kind of viewpoint towards it is I, the way I perform on these acoustic shows and the way I talk and talk to the crowd and introduce myself, introduce the songs. is just like, I'm going to be, I'm not going to try to be anything but myself. I'm going to be so raw. I'm going to talk to them about how I almost broke my dress backstage. So if, if it falls down and I flash the whole crowd, that's not my fault. And we're going to put it out there in the open. I'm just like, I, I name my flaws, I guess, or I name my, like my insecurities, my worries, my fears for the show. And it just becomes this very like comfortable, open, dynamic, I don't know, show that we're all talking the whole time or I'll ask them all questions. And we all have this joke, this inside joke that we leave with. And it's just been like, it's so much fun. I've been having so much fun at the acoustic. Oh my God, that's so cool. I hope that I'm in LA sometime to see it. I I always see it on your Instagram and I'm like, that seems like such a, such a cool atmosphere, like the quiet, like the, the dim lights, just like the vibe is very, very cool. And you're so cool, Charlotte. Thank you so much. Like, I want to keep talking. (laughs) 
stay with me. So you have you have things coming up. Do we have an album? Yes. I'm going to release an album this year, probably. It's it's done. It's getting mixed right now. I'm I'm aiming for like, you know, late summer, early fall, fall area, whatever. But I'm not going to say an exact date because, you know, it's it's very complicated releasing music. There's so much that goes into it. Yeah. And now I'm learning. I'm like, oh, my God, you wrote Body Bag in 2021 or in 2023. It takes a lot. And also, you're going to be on a show, I'm right? Gonna... Oh, it's so crazy. What yeah. show? What show? Monkey something? Am I making that up? Mad Monkey. Bad, bad, bad. Bad Monkey. Bad Monkey? Oh, oh, my God. That... Hotel Monkey's kind of a great name, too. <laughs> Wait, Bad Monkey? Kind of like Bad Bunny. Yeah, kind of like Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. When is that coming out? And what's the streamer? I don't know when it's coming out. It's on Apple TV with Vince Vaughn, who's incredible and so funny oh my god meredith hagner who's incredible i don't know if you've ever seen search party it it was the most funny like freaky cool show and she was one of the stars of it she's just incredible and we became so close and michelle monahan who's amazing there's and it's just like the it's just the most oh my god that sounds so cool i'm excited about this one bad monkey Charlotte, thank you so much. You're so adorable. And Body Bag is an amazing song. Go listen to it. Go watch the video on YouTube. There might be a body bag <laughs> in it. Charlotte's on Instagram. Oh, my God, Charlotte. Thank you again. Charlotte Lawrence. It was so good to meet you. It was so nice to meet you as well. It was so good. Everyone go listen to Charlotte's music. And I'll see you soon. I need I want when I'm in L.A. I want a show. I, can, oh. I, can, can I get a show at Hotel Cafe? I'll text you. I'll be there soon. But I, I've been wanting to do it, an acoustic one in New York as well. Because I feel like it's unfair that I just, I've done like 10 in LA and nowhere else. <laughs> Actually unfair. So you, let me know. I'm going to be front row like singing. Thank you. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Follow me on Instagram at Not Skinny But Not Fat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.